episode 527, No Laugh Track Podcast here at Acme Comedy Company in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I am Justin Severson, host each and every week here, talking to Nate Abshire. Uh, I, I think I counted them up, seven or eight of these bad boys so far. 500 and what? 27, 527. 527, that's so many. Dude, it's so many. <laughs> and I'm on seven or eight of them? At l- it's, it's, yes, today's either eight or nine. That's crazy. I know, I know. So that, you know, ha- some of those were an hour long, others half. There's some serious Nate Abshire content out there. <laughs> When you search your name on p- on a podcast app, I am proud to say that this podcast comes up many, yeah. many, many times. Since my album got taken off Spotify, it's one of the only things on there. If you search me on Spotify, it's just no laugh tracks. Yeah. So I searched that today to see if it was on Spotify. Do you? Is there a good reason why uh, it's not on there anymore? It has something to do with a lawsuit I'm not at all involved in. But some, some comedians or something, this some entity representing a bunch of comedians sued Spotify. This is from a few years ago at this point, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's several. It's a few years old now. Uh, sued Spotify for something. Uh, I still sorry see. About that. I still see other people's. Uh, like Jackie Cation was here, and she's like, "Oh, I guess mine are back up." So it doesn't even seem like there's any rhyme or reason. Yeah, so I think what happened initially is they took everything down. Comedy. Comedy-wise, that could be later included in the suit or a separate suit. So, like, I think my album, just probably in terms of the contract between them and the label, qualifies for all of the same criteria that the lawsuit does. Um, So it's down and, like... And the thing that's really fun about, like, Spotify or TikTok or Pandora or all of those things, Pandora a little less so, is that, like, good fucking luck. Good fucking luck talking to a real person and getting a straight answer. Yeah. Like, like oh, I'm yeah. still I still don't have the copyright on TikTok for the material that I've produced. Okay. So I get, like, copyright strikes posting my own material from that same album. That's a thing? Yeah, yeah. So then I, like... I have, like, I've appealed it, and you just never hear back. You just fill out all these forms, and you submit the documentation, and then I did that in June. No shit, man. And, like, never heard back, and, like, <laughs> and it's like, well, uh, okay, I guess. So now, so I have to keep clips of my own jokes from my album. If I use a joke from my album for a video, uh, I have to keep it under a minute, or they mute the audio because it's copyrighted. Until like, you have no idea when. Until forever, basically. Like I, I know people that that's been happening to for years. Like there's just no way around it. There's no one to talk to. Like all of the, it's just not a very clear process. Like <laughs> it, I did not know it went like that. Oh, wow, it's, it's mind-boggling. And like Spotify is the same way. Where like, like hey, why isn't my album up anymore? And like, I don't know, man. You f- like <laughs> you're filling out like a customer request. You know what I mean? Like this is not something that they. There's sure. not a team. No, it's a, <laughs> no. working on it. You know? You're probably getting familiar with the automation there and getting mm-hmm. real pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, uh, uh, streaming. It's the way of the future, Nate. <laughs> it's going to get your shit in everybody's hands. It, it is. I mean, they're just going to be able to search your name, and it's going to be right. Oh. Yeah. Turns Unless out maybe CDs would have been. Yeah. Who knows? Unless something happens. 
and uh no shit yeah yeah so it's not on spotify but it is everywhere else yeah weird so yeah. like on apple it's still there like yep. people can stream it and stuff yep. there and of course buy physical copy is there a physical copy no no so it's no. only streamed. That's the no, only people get it. No, we didn't make any physical copies. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> have you considered burning them in your like uh, bedroom computer or anything just to? I wonder. <laughs> have them up there. Uh, I have. I have not, but uh, mostly because that's so much work. <laughs> um. Yeah, you know it. It's, God, the whole thing is is pretty infuriating. Although the TikTok thing makes me way angrier. Because the Spotify thing's old. Sure. But, but yeah. Yeah, your own stuff. Yeah. The fact that you can't do your own stuff is and, and there's like ridiculous. There's, there's not a pipeline to be like, hey, that's mine. Yeah. Like, I know that it sounds like me because it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's me the whole time. Do you have a certificate of authenticity that says that this is you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I need something, man. You're going to have to send a blood test to TikTok, to China. <laughs> Are you willing like to send... 23 and me to see how closely related I am to Nate Abshire. Are you willing to send a vial of blood to China <laughs> for confirmation? <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, How do we so get new COVID? Well, Nate was trying to get approved <laughs> on TikTok. You wanted his tracks back. Yeah. Um, so does it, I mean, do you have plans for recording again soon, or does this make you want to go, well, fuck that. I got to have to change everything. Oh, uh, I don't know that I'll record soon, but I feel like my next hour is maybe halfway there. Okay. Um, it's not, sto- it, like, there's no... You know, the <laughs> if I didn't record, there's not really anything else to do. Do you know, <laughs> like, other than write a new hour and record it, it's sure. not like I'm going to be like, well, you know, I think I'm going to get into pancakes. <laughs> um, you I should think I had about that more. I had a joke during COVID that I was like, comedy has been hit so hard that uh, I think I'm going to open a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, because they always work well, right. don't they? Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, um, no, no, restaurants never failed. Right. So did I see on your social media, it's in the f- last few months, that you were doing a show somewhere and you were complaining because the televisions weren't being shut off, that they couldn't shut them off. Uh, <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, it was a casino show, and before the show, the producer was trying to get them to turn the TVs off, and like, I don't know if you've ever interacted with casinos at a level of not just gambling there, but uh, there's a lot of bureaucracy. There's a lot of steps to getting anything changed from the normal operating procedure. Interesting. Uh, Including turning televisions off? Yeah, well, I guess no one really knows exactly what happened, but I think what's going, what happened, like all the TVs are on the same switch. Oh, dear God. So, like, they could either turn all of the TVs <laughs> like, off come on. or none of the TVs off. And, and, like, in the bar alone, there's, like, 40 TVs. And, like, it's showtime, and we're going to have someone go around to each TV with a fucking 20-foot ladder and, like, turn yes. them off manually. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> I don't like to think of that being the real answer. I like to think of it being that the TVs defy physics. And cannot physically be turned off. Yes. Like, I like to think of it like these TVs, like, flash forward 30 years, the global energy crisis has crippled humanity, right? We live in these dusted out hovels. (laughs) We only travel by foot. There's no internet anymore. 
no electricity, the TVs are still fucking on. <laughs> you know, <laughs> roving, roaming gangs of bandits go by this rusted out casino, <laughs> all the TVs. It's still showing their two-for-one specials. Powered by <laughs> infernal machinations, just still shining bright. <laughs> the TVs cannot be stopped. Have you, <laughs> have you, uh, I assume that's probably something you've had to deal with before, you know, smaller yeah, venues and stuff, yeah. right? Bar yeah, shows? Yeah, those, those shows are rarely uh, done for the art. <laughs> <laughs> You're rarely there, like, <laughs> oh man, that's very funny. Here I am, Charlie Chaplin in Dickinson, North Dakota. That's very funny. I was, uh, was I listening to an episode of Marin's episode uh, podcast, or it doesn't matter. Anyway, I heard him say recently that he was doing a show somewhere, and uh, you know, like here at Acme, when they do the um, the receipt drop, it's mm -hmm. comedians always say how quiet it is, and a lot mm -hmm. of times you don't notice. Correct? Right. You can back that up. Yep. Mark Marin was saying he was doing a show somewhere, and they're using those new handheld machines, mm -hmm. and they're collecting money during the show, his set, and every time a payment goes through, it goes, doo <laughs> Amazing. Can you even Amazing. believe that, dude? I love it. I love it. I <laughs> I was uh, I was at a club <laughs> recently, and uh, I got, uh, like, someone videoed one of the sets, and it was really funny because the club served food. And uh, there, <laughs> there was a girl eating uh, cheese sticks through my whole set, and uh, it's just so funny watching her try to enjoy the show over the cheese sticks and failing. Oh no! There's no, no way to compete with it, and it's just so funny because like she's kind of center frame behind me, and and there's a lot of people laughing at the jokes, and she's just <laughs> sitting there smiling, looking at me and eating <laughs> cheese sticks. <laughs> <laughs> and I just looked at it at the beginning of this week, and I was like, I'm so glad Acme doesn't serve food. Oh, yes. Because yes. everyone that there's just there's no way to compete with a cheeseburger. No, I, I've said it on the podcast before. I've gone out of town and gone to comedy clubs that uh, side splitters in Tampa. I've gone to a few times mm -hmm. now and they serve food mm -hmm. uh, there. I, being there. I didn't hate that I was able to eat during the show. I have sure, to say, sure. but as but also, uh, I hated being around everyone else eating, mm -hmm. you know. And I'm not a performer, but I can only imagine how distracting that can it's be. It's, I mean, it's whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, the, I think it's weird as when you consider yourself an artist to realize, like, you're really just a specialty nightclub act at a specialty nightclub. The only thing that separates a comedy club from a dance club is the specialty of the club. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and like. They're going to serve fucking french fries, man. Like <laughs> 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 People like french fries. They're going to serve french fries. Yes, There's they do. There's nothing to be done. We can bang our heads against the wall all we want. And we go back to our apartment. And uh, Do you ever mess around with AI? Like chat GPT or any of that? No. no. Although I did recently see a picture of RoboCop with a giant dump truck ass. And it's the funniest picture I've seen in my life. <laughs> it was like AI generated Robocop with like a Pixar mom ass. <laughs> and it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. No, I don't. I don't well, really that's what it should be invented for. Yeah. I stop mean, right there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> As Robocop would say, stop right there. Right. 
I want to see the Kool-Aid man with some big old titties. <laughs> <laughs> Just some juicy titties. <laughs> some big old fruit punch titties. So <laughs> I went to uh, chat GPT based on me. I was going to ask you about doing that set where the uh, TVs wouldn't go off. I asked chat GPT, what are the 20 worst locations for stand-up comedy? Oh, I love this. And I didn't know how it was going to take that. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm just going to read this to you here, right? Okay. And uh, you can hop in at, 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 after any of these. You can, uh, you know, you can add your comments. Feel free. So it says performing stand-up comedy in unconventional or serious settings can be challenging. Some potentially challenging locations could include. You should also say if you've ever performed. I'm at on any the of these. edge of my seat. I I want to say that I think that a lot of these are going to be places that comedy is done regularly. Well, the first one they list is funeral homes. Okay. All right. Now I see which direction the computer's going with this. <laughs> yeah, that exactly. You, d- you didn't know which way chat GPT was going to go. Uh, so funeral homes, libraries. Yeah. Have you done any of these? I've not done either of those. Never done a funer- funeral home or a library. Morgue. <laughs> <laughs> Underwater. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but wh- what are we talking about? They, they get better. Ready? <laughs> Silent meditation tr- retreat. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I actually. <laughs> uh, DMV waiting room. Uh, that would be fun. Yeah. Uh, how did Chat GPT come up with this? The International Space Station. <laughs> Monasteries. Quiet carriages uh, on trains. Mime conventions. Okay. Come on, chat. Fish <laughs> markets. I, I would argue that that would be a really fun place to see comedy. Uh, elevator rides, serious business, business meetings, and haunted houses. Wow. So way to go. Serious business meetings feels like code for corporate comedy. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, you think so? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's essentially what it is. It's like... Oh, we're serious business people, so for our company party, we want to have a comedian come out. Yeah. That sounds like a terrible fucking idea. Do you, do you ever do those for the right pay? Oh, I would. Yeah. I, anytime anyone asks me to do a corporate, I try to talk them out of it. I genuinely do. Uh, That's I, some solid business. My first, my first response is always, uh, hey, listen... Uh, I'm glad because it's always someone that saw me at a nightclub works at a company and they pass a video around and people like it or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's how that usually happens. And I'm like, look, I'm glad you like it. Uh, Corporate comedy is not something I do. And I know that you guys like it, but I'm a bad fit for this sort of environment. And I do know some guys that are really good at it. I'd be happy to recommend some comedians for you. Uh, But and like, I'll do it if you really want me to. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I'm telling you right now, I'm not a great comic for it. Did you learn that? Did someone have to experience this and go, oh? Uh, 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 you know, in the before time, the long, long ago, I had a manager <laughs> who kind of taught me about taking the money versus good business practices. Okay. And uh, that was one of the things that I learned. Because I, I remember in those days... I got an offer for a gig, and it was, like, a lot of money, and I knew it was going to be a train wreck. And I ran it by him, and I was like, I kind of want to just do the gig. 
and he and like and in my mind like the bridge is burned forever but who cares i still get a couple grand or whatever and and he kind of told me that that's a mistake and i agree with him um because also like it's <laughs> i'm so bad at fucking radio silence by the <laughs> way because i think we, we can people I'm can handle stupid the, and i think really slowly people can handle the second but or uh it's just not worth it in the long run you know like uh like do you remember kyle cease's anyone can be a millionaire headliner stuff like oh yeah like that kind of scam is really short-lived and i don't want to like inject that sort of take the money and run into what is a cur- like like i'm gonna keep doing stand-up comedy and i don't want a bunch of people out there being like that guy's a fucking you know what i mean sure um, i think it's wise so so i try to talk them out of it i still do it if they want me to sure <laughs> and and like i'll try like i'm not gonna go up there and do all my tight pussy jokes <laughs> when I'm doing a corporate, but, but the reality is that my clean material <laughs> is still disrespectful to a point that it aggravates professional people in that setting. Like even like, like even my Acme needs a marquee that has that written <laughs> when Nate's here. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like even like I've got a target story. That's like a very clean joke. Okay. But it is not like corporate friendly, like especially to Target. Especially to Target, <laughs> to Target. Um, and so I just don't have the kind of uh, yes, sir, thank you, sir attitude on stage that they want in a corporate comic. Sure. Um, you know, even my just any of like. A lot of my clean jokes are all, like, a lot of them are (laughs) drug-related. Like, that's what I consider clean Mm -hmm. stuff. And I'm not really that dirty of a comic, but, you know, I saw Jesselnick on a podcast recently, and he said the, like, the whole point of comedy is to get away with it. Basically. I'm very deeply paraphrasing what he said, because I don't remember the exact words. but, But I like to talk about stuff where, like, I don't want you to immediately be a yes. I want to get you there. Okay. But I, but I'm not like, it's not filthy, but I like to talk about stuff where I think people might be a little resistant to the ideas at first. And to me, that's where the fun is, is turning it. Yeah. You know, and like corporate stuff really needs to be like, you know, <laughs> my wife and I, boy, we're silly. How about you guys or whatever? I mean, can, what, can, I'm also I'm also uh, being dismissive of corporate comedy because I can't do it. <laughs> to be fair, what if someone wrote you a set to perform on corporate settings, like you and Brian Miller wrote a set for Tommy Ryman to do <laughs> that was uh, released last week? It would be a train wreck. <laughs> I'm actually still trying to hunt down the jokes that he wouldn't tell because I forgot them. Okay. So I'm trying. So there are. Okay. There were two jokes that he refused to tell. And I'm and I don't remember them and I haven't found anyone that does. Did you then send them to Matt Reif? 
<laughs> no, no, it wasn't wasn't anything like that. Okay. Um I actually haven't I've only heard about his special. I haven't watched it. I haven't either. But uh I've heard that it is about what I would have expected. Um <laughs> uh, but uh, so anyway, the Wait, what are we talking about? Uh, oh, if someone wrote me a set. I have a really, really bad track record of trying to do jokes I haven't written. Oh, really? Even when someone, like, uh, a long time ago, a friend of mine gave me a joke because it didn't work in his act and it feels more like my act. And, like, I could just never get it to work. I just don't. Don't people do that all the time? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I can use a line from someone else in a joke of mine but the whole idea has but, to be yours but like um yeah I, it just it just doesn't my brain doesn't do it right interesting i think part of it is the adhd where like i have to know it almost like muscle memory in order to even come close to delivering it on stage as soon as you said that it made sense to me <laughs> like there's just something about it being someone else where, like, I just can't even remember the fucking words. Because when I tell a joke that I've written, I don't remember the words. I remember the point. And so when I'm first doing a joke especially, I'll say it 500 different ways sure. before I sort of settle into the way it normally goes. Um, and so that just makes it really difficult for me to, like, just take a joke from someone and do it. Yeah. You know? How, uh, we got one night in this week at Acme. How was last night? Really fun. Yeah? Really fun. Uh, I wasn't able to make it. Who else is performing? Uh, so Sean Nafsted is hosting. Trevor Anderson's featuring. They both did great. Awesome. They're awesome dudes. Hell yeah. Uh, we had, you know, like 80 people, which was good. Uh, and they were great. I'm like, this week I'm trying to squish together a bunch of material that I wrote and performed a lot a few years ago and then but it's like it ended up being like 35 minutes of material and I want to get that down to like 15 to 20. Oh wow. Because um, it's just too much on the same it's like I'm hitting the same nail for way too fucking long. Um, and so I've been trying to rewrite this sort of like whole this week. It's like the middle chunk of my set. Um, that's kind of all about like dating and how men are pigs and uh, all uh, that kind of stuff. Are you doing uh, one of my favorites of yours with the um, the Russian accent? Is that joke in the set this week? I did it last night, but. Um, <laughs> Don't tell me it didn't go well, because that's impossible. That joke is so um, freaking funny. I think I haven't done it in a little bit, and so that's part of why. It's not really even how that joke goes, because that joke goes a few different directions, sort of independent of how well I tell it. Because that joke in particular asks a lot of the audience, mostly in terms of prior knowledge. You have to have a lot of very distinct pieces of information to find that joke funny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but the, the I don't even know what I know to know that that's funny, but I'm glad I do. The most important piece that you have to know is you really have to intimately know 
the structure of Jeff Foxworthy's You Might Be a Redneck jokes. And that's not as common as you would think. Like, I know it. You know it. Yeah. A lot of people that that are in the industry know that very, very well, right? Like, if you might be a redneck, right? Like, that we all know that, that that's the, the way that that goes. Yeah. But the whole joke hinges on you knowing that so that when I invert it, it's funny. Um, but also, you know, that joke is a really fun back-of-the-room joke, basically. I don't know that that joke ever ends up on an album. Okay. I guess. Um, so, like, I love doing it. Espe- the thing I like about it also is just that it's so dumb. It's yes, such a it's, dumb it's, it's absolutely joke. ridiculous. Yes. It's so stupid, and it's very unlike anything else I do. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> like, I don't really do voices. No. I don't really do uh, this sort of meta character shit. Yes. Like, uh, so, so it's fun for me to do, but, but like in a general set, it's like a short set joke, kind of. Sure. In a lot of ways, for me. Speaking of short sets, second week in a row, I see the uh, open mic thing that Malcolm puts puts up online, and you're not the final performer of open mic. I always thought the headliner took that last spot, longest oh, spot. Yeah. yeah. Tommy Ryman did not do that last week, and you did not do that this week. No, I don't want to. I don't want to be here that late. <laughs> it's just that simple. <laughs> yeah, you just, yeah. just want to go home. I want to go home. <laughs> you know. Also, the is that going to start catching on now? I think it's more common than you might realize. Oh, interesting. A okay. lot of times they'll make the. Here's the thing, closing a regular show, I think has an amount of prestige among people that don't regularly do that. Okay. Meaning like. Um, like when I was a feature, or when I was regular feature, clo- like headlining a a regular show meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Na- uh, and so, <laughs> but but headlining the open mic, that's not a spot people want. You don't want to go last on the open mic. I guess I always thought just because that always seemed to be the longest time. You're yeah. not getting. You're not doing ten minutes the fourth person in, are you? Well, no. At least you shouldn't. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> fair enough. I, I, I went a little long in my, no my one to- spot I on said, No one said, uh, ask Nate why he went long. I have no idea if you um, did or not. <laughs> but I also apologize. Oh, boy. I didn't before know. Before I, I got off stage. <laughs> um, I had no idea. <laughs> I think I, d- I, you know, I think I did like seven. Um, and I was like, I was trying. I just really wanted to get that last joke out. Um, they know you've earned it. <laughs> they know. I never try to. Uh, every time I go over my time, I, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm always sorry. Uh, but sometimes, uh, it happens. Sure. And I don't have. Listen, you know, I have ADHD, and uh, it's be really cruel to bring up my own personal mental deficiencies. Uh, I also come from a broken home, and uh, my parents divorced when I was very young. So, listen. <laughs> Keep, yeah, I mean, <laughs> are you reading all these excuses off a sheet of paper I don't see over there? Oh, no, I've what? got them ready. Okay, okay. I've got them ready. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I have a lot of excuses. Your parents. They, they divorced when I was young. They divorced when I was very young. Um, 
I come from a single parent household, <laughs> and uh, I wasn't born in Minnesota. What more do you want from me? Yeah, you know, uh, those public school systems weren't that good. Uh, you're forgiven, jeez. You know, and back then there wasn't the Derek Zoolander Center for Kids Who Want to Learn to Read Good and do other stuff good too. Um, it's hilarious. Yeah, so like the the last spot on the open mic is is more about them finding someone that they can make do it rather than someone wanting to. The o- the other exception to that though is that uh, if you want to do something really weird at the mic. Oh sure. It's generally expected that it's last. Oh okay, I could see that. So like back in the day when like uh Lester and Derek did the slap yeah contest. The re- there was wrestling going on stage. Yeah, right? yeah slapping, where they yes. were like bare-chested slapping each other yes. as hard as they could. That's a last slot bit. Okay. You don't do that and then go back to stand up. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> like right. like if you want to do a weird character I'm just picking things out of a hat, you know, like, uh, I don't even remember what it was. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you want to do a weird, something weird like that, that's like the spot for that kind of thing. Like, back when I first started, there were a couple comics where they would like go up together last and just keep talking till everyone left. And that was allowed, I guess. Yeah. Anything goes. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was, you know, you also kind of got the since 15 minutes into them being on stage the show's over and they're being hilarious <laughs> well, that's they're great being then. hilarious about the show being over yeah yeah you know um kind of meta huh yeah, yeah yeah well you know <laughs> open mic is for falling on your face sure. um and i think i was just talking to some comics about that because like the newer comics like they bring their best stuff here to the open mic Right, right. They want to keep getting on the open mic, but once you work here, like it's the opposite. Yeah, yeah. You want to so, keep working, but you're trying to get the new yeah, stuff going. Yeah, yeah. I come here to work out new stuff. So there's a thing that's really the funny sort of is like the newer open micers. When you see Acme comics at Acme on the open mic, you're like, well, these guys aren't that good because they're not doing stuff that already works. Yeah, <laughs> and every, all the open micers are right. And then you see him at a regular show, and you're like, oh, this is completely different. <laughs> I mean, I don't That was something that we noticed, like, when, when I was brand new, and I was bringing, like, the best new three minutes that I had to the mic. Sure, sure. And then when you see the, the comics then that were, like, later in the show, saw them at a live show, I was like, oh, man. Completely different. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. That makes complete sense. So what, uh, what do you plan for the rest of the uh, winter, et cetera? Lots of shows, or? Uh, you know, as many as I can get paid to do. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm going to Ann Arbor in January. That'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. The last time I Is was that another Sklar Brothers show? No, no, I'm headlining. In Ann Arbor? Yeah. That's like their... Oh, yeah. Their king's there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, but you're saying you're headlining there. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I'm headlining, uh, I want to say January 4th, 5th, and 6th. Um, okay, awesome. But so I initially, the first time I went there, they brought me as a feature. Yeah. And then I was supposed to go back this February, last, no, sorry, last April, but I got COVID and then I had to cancel it. And I was really bummed out because I really wanted to work there. But yeah. I just, I just got the date in January. So I'm excited. You know, and the week after New Year's is typically not a huge party week, but I think it'll still be a lot of fun. Do you have a New Year's uh, show? 
No. Nothing? Do you no. want one? <laughs> I I tell people when they ask me about New Year's, uh, I'm really expensive on New Year's <laughs> because I'm happy to not work. Yeah. I really am. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I a long time ago, I'm like, I'm not doing, like, New Year's shows for 200 bucks ever again. Yeah. It, like, it costs money to get me to work on New Year's, and, like, it might even be better spent on another comic. That Normally, I'm pretty good uh, bang for your buck in terms of headliner, right? Like, <laughs> normally, I'm, like, a budget pick. I'm off-brand <laughs> kids' cereal. They don't know the fucking difference. Sure. But, but on New Year's, the sale's over. Like you got here on you got here on the bat on the wrong day. For the record, that's mostly what we get at uh, my house is the off brand. Mm-hmm. So that's why, that's yeah. why I'm such a big fan of yours. Yeah, <laughs> it just I works. Yeah. yeah, you know, <laughs> it's all tied together. It's a dehydrated marshmallow. How different could it be? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Those colors aren't natural from mm-hmm. either company, right. so don't worry about it. Uh, is there anything else we should be mentioning? What's uh, we've done about a half hour here. Is there? Uh, I am curious. I know you're on all the social media stuff. What is in your TikTok feed? You spend any time on TikTok, and what is in your feed if you are? Uh, I haven't spent enough time watching TikTok to really have an algorithm yet. Okay, but generally, uh, generally, I'm like uh, cooking videos. I actually do enjoy cooking. I know I made restaurant jokes earlier. Um. Well, if, uh, I mean, I ate your cooking earlier this year at that get together over yeah. and, uh, at Folzer's place, and that was freaking amazing, man. Thank you. Yeah. Amazing. I, I love cooking. Um, God. So, uh, so I do watch a lot of cooking videos. Um, like, I had, a, I watched one where a guy, uh, <laughs> he, like, makes food out of the whole watermelon. Oh. Uh, where, like, the way that I eat watermelon is to eat the middle part and throw the rest away. Yeah. But he made uh, kimchi out of the white part of the rind. Okay. And then made basically like a wheatgrass puree out of the peel. It's almost the exact same chemical composition as like wheatgrass for like smoothies and shit. Sure. So he like peels it, uses the like uses the peel to make smoothies and then makes kimchi out of the rind and then eats the regular do we have any Warm idea if this tastes uh, good at all, though? Well, wheatgrass doesn't taste good. Yeah. So, so probably it probably not. tastes about the same. <laughs> but the, the rind would make a great pickle. Because it's just kind of a... It only tastes bad if you want it to taste like watermelon. We were... Uh, this is sort of connected. Thanksgiving. My uncle was telling us he volunteers at a food shelf, and occasionally they get in boxes, uh, crates of uh, pickled cactus. No have, you ever heard, have you ever heard of this? Yeah. Have you had it? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Am I the whitest freaking person <laughs> ever that I don't know about this? Uh, it's a really good... I don't like beans and chili, and it's a great additive for chili. Really? Just like meat and, and nopales is what it's called. Nopales. It's like a specific... Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it's like a sure. specific cactus that's that's peeled and, uh, and pickled, and then there's all... Uh, I don't know the the raw preparation. I think that there's like a lot more that goes into it, but you can also do that. I think you have to like peel off some kind of there's like a slimy skin thing. I'm that picturing something, or something like, like that. Like yeah, that. It has I, to be. I I looked into it a while back when I was trying to make a 
No shit. A cactus chili, yeah. If you ever yeah. get some together, invite me. I want to try it. <laughs> all right. How about that? I will. I will. I. You know, chili is one of those things that I've never really gotten good at. I've been I've been messing around with like uh, salad dressings. I've been making my own salad dressings. Really, what's happened is over COVID. I started doing a lot more with my own food preparation in terms of the things that I've always historically bought at the store. And the thing I realized is that industrialized food is a fucking scam. And it is... Here's my example, and I've been telling everyone this this week. Love it. Uh, Let's go. Three days ago, I made my own sour cream. Now, my whole life, I don't know if this is different for you, my whole life I've bought sour cream at the store. Mm Mm-hmm. And sort of been under the impression that, like, it's a difficult process to make sour cream. Right? Do you, how, do you, I like, wouldn't even, I would never even think about. Right. Yeah. It's just like a thing that seems like, like, I don't know, is it alchemy? I, whatever, like, I'm assuming that there's milk involved. I was just going to say, I, milk is the one I think, uh, and then I that's can guess. all that I know. So the way you make sour cream is you take cream and you put lemon juice in it. And then you let it sit there for a few hours. And that's the whole fucking process. No, it's not. Swear to God. I took a pint of heavy cream and I squeezed a lemon's worth of juice into it. A little extra, probably like one and a quarter lemons into it. Yeah. And then I walked away for eight hours. And then I put a lid on it. You stir it. Sorry, I don't want to skip a step here. (laughs) You stir it and put a lid on it and put it in the fridge, and it's sour cream, and it tastes better than any sour cream you've ever had in your entire life because the way that they make sour cream in the factory is they use whatever industrial acid to create that reaction. But they don't use cream. They use a combination of cream and milk because it's cheaper, and then they put in a gelatinizing agent to give it that structure. So that it's like scoopable. Sure. Right? But it's not even fucking close to how good it tastes if you make it at home. And it takes three minutes of active time to make. It's the easiest thing in the world. I was like so mad about my whole life eating this <laughs> garbage ass sour cream and paying the same price for it. Yeah. You know, and it it just keeps forever. I started making my own pickles and like I can't go back to fucking pickles now. Like, I make my own uh, cucumber pickles. I'm actually not that big into, but I make my own pickled jalapenos and pickled red onion. Look at that. And, like, dude, it's – I can't even eat, like, prepackaged salad dressing anymore because it tastes like actual garbage. Uh, I am a big fan of uh, eating, like, buffalo chicken wings with blue cheese, and I'm all mm-hmm. out of blue cheese. Is that something I can easily make at home? Yeah, it takes 10 minutes. Yeah. It's, it's just – most blue cheese dressings, it's like cream and then basically all of the creamy ingredients that you would think. So it's like got mayo, cream, sour cream, maybe even a little cream cheese, just like all of that together. And then blue cheese and you just stir it. That's it. I'm in. Can, uh, so one final thing I'm thinking here, like Trevor, who is yep. said is the feature this week. Yep. After the shows, he'll be out there with his artisanal uh, spatulas yep. and spoons and whatnot. Or spoons, spatulas? Yeah, both, right? Yeah, yeah. I think he's, I think he's branching into spoons. He's a spatula. I think spatula. he started as a spatch man. Right. Spatch man. 
Uh, uh, so when are we going to see Nate's pickles? Like, oh, with a <laughs> label out there. You know, I've honestly thought that it would be uh, really fun to start a, like, a food company just making real food. Like, <laughs> like just, like, sour cream or pickles or, like, and all of it just to, like, just almost as a way to show people, like, the way we've been living isn't right. <laughs> like, it's it's not fair what they've done to us. Because, like, in the industrial food sort of, they, they mystify food prep in a way to keep people buying their products. It's good for them that we think cooking is hard. When the reality is cooking is the easiest hobby. Because, like, okay, let's say... Um, Woodworking, to use Trevor as an example. If you're if woodworking is your hobby and you massively fuck up a project, it is not a cabinet. It's scrap wood. Yeah. When I massively fuck up an omelet, it's still food. <laughs> like it's still you can still eat it. It just doesn't look like an omelet. We were at Taco Bell once uh, in high school, late night, complaining with the food, and the manager came out and said, "It's not shit. It's food." <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. It's so. You know, it, food is like the Mitch Hedberg escalator joke. Cooking, right, where, like, an escalator can never break down. It can just become stairs. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. like, it's not always Gordon Ramsay, but it's still fucking food. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm never going to do pickles as a as merch. I'm never going to do food as merch, mostly because... I don't have any scale to my operation. Sure. Every jar of pickles that I make, I cut all of those fucking cucumbers myself. <laughs> so they're for you. I don't. I don't scale up. But um, you could be doing. I know that you and I have talked about this in the past. About and I think you even had an idea about maybe doing a thing on YouTube at one point. Right now. Yeah. During COVID, I was thinking about doing like a little cooking show. Okay. Well, instead, you switch. What? Do what we're talking about right now on TikTok. Dude, you would have a you could build a huge following. That's so I mean sounds like a lot of work, but maybe, maybe. I it also sounds like something you could have fun it's doing. Something, it's something that I'm interested in for sure. Um But it's also the thing that and this is probably too inside baseball in terms of brand strategy, but there's the overlap between people that en might enjoy my comedy and people that are really into cooking videos where I'm not particularly funny when I'm talking about cooking. So, like, I just don't... <laughs> trying to find that overlap is weird for my brain. Mm, I bet it would come, but sure. Uh, well, it usually does. Hi! Let's go. There's that comedy. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's still something that I'm kicking around. I just... Uh, right now, I've been really focused on stand-up, so I do most of the cooking just, like for me um and like most of the cooking that i do is just subsistence cooking sure we're just like batch roast a bunch of cauliflower to have as a side for the week yeah, yeah. and then do different stuff for protein and stuff but sure. uh, i gotta get into more of that instead it's a quick trip over to the uh fast food or yeah get it as i go well my thing <laughs> i feel like this is so boring but i could talk about it forever i uh it's I at the end of the episode I need low, yeah, people have already turned it off. <laughs> I need low energy investment when I'm hungry. 
So when I want to eat, it can't take a lot of effort to make food happen. Oh, yeah. But I do have time to like I do have energy for those same processes at different times, just not when I want to eat. So my goal is always to make it so that I can walk into the kitchen and, it's and there. open a few jars and have a meal. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. So that's like one of the things that pickles do is just like add brightness to like a fucking quesadilla, which takes two minutes yeah. to make, you know, that sort of thing. I hope this inspires me. I hope it does, too. Mm hmm. That it would uh, it would help my financial situation uh, of the at the. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are we going to get tonight? Culver's again? Over COVID, I spent so much money on DoorDash, and I haven't done it in years now. And like, I just, God, it sucks. It just sucks. Even the f restaurants you like, it's cold. They don't even have hot bags, so it just gets there, and it's had time <laughs> to like. Not just get cold, but for there to be condensation from when it was warm on the top of <laughs> the container. Oh, yeah. That's then soaked back in. It's, like, already stale. <laughs> God, it's such a fucking bummer, man. You want to tell the guy, dude, you should have just ate it. Like, <laughs> on the way over. I had one. <laughs> uh, do you remember Bite Squad? Oh, yeah. They're not, it's not around? I don't know. Oh, yeah, I don't but know. But sure, I yes. stopped ordering from them after this. I, I okay. ordered a sandwich. And it got there, and what had happened was it was hot, and then the condensation that formed on the top of the container soaked back into the bread, and then it got hard. It was it had been made over two hours ago, and he brought they brought it to my house, and I contacted customer support, and I was like, this is inedible, and also like shouldn't have been delivered this far past being made, and they were like, oh sure, uh, how about a twenty dollar gift card for our service, and I was like, I want a refund for the service that I just got. And they're like, best I can do is a $20 gift card. And I'm like, that doesn't cover the sandwich. Like, you're not even, <laughs> it's so fucking wild to me. Like, imagine a brick and mortar delivery place where they deliv deliver you inedible food and they're like, best we can do is a discount on your next order. Yeah, right. Because you're screw <laughs> you will continue to be our customer. Right, right. See you next time. Anyway, and I don't like to complain about customer service stuff, and obviously I wasn't mean to the driver. I'm sure that that was like, whatever. But but those services, it's the, it's the exact same as the TikTok and Spotify customer service that where there isn't any. Yeah. And it's just, yep. you know. Anyway. Yep. The world is nothing this but. Is, I'm so fun on podcasts. The world is nothing but self checkouts, Nate. That's just the way it is. <laughs> uh, so finally, people need to come see you here at Acme this weekend. With yeah, and I'm a lot more fun on stage. <laughs> I am honestly, food prep doesn't come into it at all. I don't have any bad customer service stories. Um, there was one I used to tell, but I don't do it anymore. Uh, I was at the supermarket and I put a bunch of broccoli in a bag because I was like, I'm going to get healthy. And uh, and I went and I put it on the, it was like, it wasn't self-checkout, but I put it on the belt and the lady was like, how much broccoli did you get? And I was like, "I the thing, the card reader was like between me and the broccoli. I couldn't really see it. So I was like, oh, I don't know, however much is right there. And then she looks at me and goes, sir, it's not my job to know how much broccoli you got. And then I said, that is absolutely your job. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, in this whole scenario, if you have one job, <laughs> it's to know how much of everything that I bought. Yeah. That's what you're doing right now is counting it all. 
<laughs> so you guys can charge me the appropriate amount of money for it. We could both just guess. <laughs> anyway. Hilarious. Uh, so I'm an asshole, and that's the real... Uh, Perfect. That's the real takeaway I want people to have. And, and honestly, a good expectation coming into a show. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so that, that'll be it. And then afterwards, yeah, come out to the show and then stop Nate after the show and ask him uh, and let him know what you thought. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to No Laugh Track Podcast, the show with a new comedian headliner every single week with me, the host, Justin Severson. The show is produced in the heart of Minneapolis's North Loop neighborhood at the legendary Acme Comedy Club. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Podbean, and watch the video version on our official No Laugh Track YouTube channel. Wherever you are enjoying the pod, remember, drop a like, leave a review, and please tell your friends about the show. And most importantly, come to Acme and see my show in person. <laughs>